Welcome to the Tilted Coaching Podcast and I'm your host, Sheila Walsh. My background is in coaching psychology and organisational consultancy. If it has something to do with people, I'm usually involved and interested, whether it is about personal development, professional development, leadership, relationships, managing or anything else that involves the care of people in some way. A friend of mine encouraged me to do this podcast because he believed that I should bring my insights and my understandings into a really simple bite-sized collection and this is what you have today. I hope you enjoy the Tilted Coaching podcast. Please do rate us if you find it interesting and you can always pop over to our Patreon account to sponsor it. Welcome to the Tilted Podcast. Today I'm speaking with Tina Toomey, um, psychotherapist and facilitator with loads of experience behind her around the feeling of not being good enough and what her experiences of it, both personally and professionally, and what she does around that that helps herself and helps others and how we might be able to benefit from it. So welcome to the Tilted Podcast. You're about to hear from Tina Toomey. Hi Tina, how are you? Hi Ashley. <laughs> You're a little bit nervous, are you? I'm very nervous, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, I'm not good with this kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, we'll see. That will feed into yeah, yeah. the topic today. So yeah. when I invited you on to speak, I kept it really broad, like I do with everyone. And I said, talk about something that you feel passionate about. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important for listeners to hear about. Okay. Yeah. And if I'm correct, you decided something around this feeling of not being good enough. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so would you tell me a little bit about where you're coming from with that? Why that topic? And we'll go from there. Yeah, I suppose for me, like on a personal level, um, like it's like even doing this, I was like, Jesus, am I good enough? Will I have anything to say? Will I look some stuff up about not being good enough? You know, like give me some material to use. Um, so I had to kind of calm myself down and be like, Tina, you're just talking about your experience, both personally and professionally. You know, and I suppose even on a professional level, um, you know, a lot of my clients, when you kind of come down to it and the core of it, it really comes back to that not being good enough. You know, it really, really does, which kind of, for me, when I'm sitting with somebody, it touches off my own stuff as well, because that's something I have struggled with probably my whole life. And then to sit opposite somebody and to see that struggle is so real for a lot of people, you know, in different variations and in different areas, maybe. But really, when you boil it down, there is that kind of undercurrent of not feeling good enough you know, not enough. Mm. Um, yeah. So I suppose that, that's why for me, it's really kind of at the forefront of my mind and, you know, again, like both personally and professionally, really. Mm. Mm. And when you say that feeling you're not good enough, can you give me some examples of what that might look like? So in case mm. somebody doesn't resonate naturally with that term, how would yeah. that show up in our lives? How would you know that that's what's happening for you? I suppose it kind of... My experience is it kind of comes out in a lot of different ways, you know, um, work related, you know, um, like not applying for jobs, delaying applications for jobs. Um, when you're in a job, you know, not going for that promotion, you know, um, not doing certain tasks, you know, kind of passing them off, um, you know, taking um, criticism nearly too easily from people, you know, believing it, you know, um, rather than being able to stand your ground and fight your corner and kind of. Um, be able to say well actually that's not the case or could we look at it a different way you know different things like that in terms of work um relationships you know i see it all the time you know 
people um, thinking they like, I suppose, keeping their options limited, um, you know, not going after maybe somebody they might like and, and playing it safe, you know, and ending up in relationships maybe that aren't good from, you mm. know, because they actually don't feel inherently like they're worth more um, accepting unacceptable behavior. Um, you know, things like that, you know, and like that doesn't even have to be intimate relationships. You know, that can be within a family, you know, um, that can be with colleagues. Again, in terms of work, it can be in uh, friendships, you know, different stuff like that. Um, yeah. And, and I think generally, like, I suppose, you know, Sheila, one kind of place we see it all the time is it's definitely there with women, you know, and how they look, you know. Um, and I suppose, you know what, when I say it, even with just women, you see it a lot more with men nowadays um you know i suppose there's this big emphasis on how we look you know whether that's in fitness what size we are you know um and even that's something and i i'm relatively small but that's something i can struggle with you know that i, I don't have that perfect shape you know that i've got a couple of little edges on me you know uh, little love handles or stuff like that you know um yeah but i think as a society we actually struggle with that that actual going around with not good enough. We're always on that next piece to how can I improve myself and not necessarily in a healthy way. Mm. Yeah, it does. I suppose what I'm thinking is I, I'm seeing a lot of it in terms of um, being channeled to healthy, healthy mm. activities. You know, a lot yeah. of, um, a lot of health kicks actually being mm. about not feeling adequate if we didn't do it. A lot of education. I'm seeing it a lot more now that adult education is so common. Um, yeah people almost looking for courses to be good enough to do what yeah. they're already doing. Yeah. Um, and bringing up, you know, the term imposter syndrome, I'm seeing mm. like that's something that comes mm. up in my work a lot, but people yeah. have already succeeded mm. somehow discounting their success. And you're like, yeah, yeah. you know, so sure. I suppose, coming from a yeah. therapy background, what I'm wondering is, do you have a sense of where that originates from? Cause from a coaching perspective, we're looking at how to work with it and how to move mm. forward. But I know that in therapy, there is an importance placed in where it emerged and grew from. Do you yeah. have a sense of what that's about, where it's coming from for people? And obviously, in general, you can't talk about individuals. Yeah, so I suppose uh, this is kind of your typical answer, especially in therapy. Some people kind of come in, and I've done this in therapy. It's like, why are we talking about my family? You know, why are we going back to mom or dad or those relationships and the reality is when we look at it and in my work with a lot of people it goes back to that it goes back to those early relationships you know um and like if you look at roger's conditions of work you know that's it really because if we're at home and and i suppose they are the most fundamental relationships we kind of base a lot of our future relationships off our early relationships mm. so if we're fighting to be worth something from a very young age at home, how do we stand a chance when we get older? You know, because we're, we're not quite sure, you know. Um, so if we're the good child, you know, or if we're the academic child, or if we're the sports child, or, you know, if we're the, the fixer, you know, the one that's always reliable, dependable. Um, so, like, it can go back to that. But then we kind of base how we are in the world off those early kind of, perceptions assumptions kind of roles that we've been given you know we develop these rules as kids you know um about how we should be in the world to to be a good person or to get what we need um and then we spend our lives trying to meet those you know and i suppose 
again, even from my own personal experience and from those that I've worked with, we find out when we're a little bit older that, you know, we've kind of outworn those old ways of managing, you know, that like something might have worked. I suppose, let me give you an example, maybe. Um, uh, yeah, so if, if we're kind of the sporty child and if we're kind of applauded and like given a lot of attention for being good at sports and for achieving, you know, and then we get to 18 or 19 and we realize, actually, I don't, I don't really want to play sports. That's not really where I feel I want to be. You know, I don't even like that sport, you know, that I've just spent 10 years playing, you know, can I do something different, you know, but the sense of failure or the sense of guilt or shame that comes then with trying to move away from that, you know, really affects people, you know, because then they're kind of going around with this sense of like, you know, well, I've just spent all this time, you know, prepping to do something and now I don't even want to do that. What am I supposed to do? You know, um, or even I've seen with some that it's kind of um, the message that messages that we were given in maybe that area, it doesn't actually translate into a different area. So I suppose like, and I, I don't know why I'm going to sports, but that's kind of at the forefront for me now. But like that sports is if you keep trying, if you keep moving, you know, um, if you put in enough effort, you'll get there. And so then people, whether it's in relationships or in their lives, keep putting in all this effort, but they're not getting the results that they're looking for. And it's wow. like, how does that make, how does that make sense? And then they feel like a failure as a result that they are doing something wrong. When actually it's just that those rules don't apply to this new situation or to a different situation. Does that make sense? Oh, completely. So like we learn how to get through and, and to do well at something. I actually heard someone recently say, go harder, go home. You know that gym saying, yeah, so it's yeah. just, you exactly, talk about yeah. the sports and a yeah. therapist took it on as a very interesting approach and, mm. and she had to reframe it because she's like you can't go hard or go home in therapy mm. you mm. have to go soft and be consistent you exactly. know exactly um exactly. so sometimes it's like, sorry. sorry go on go on no it's like you know people assume like it's this thing of like if you if you walk into a gym first day and you've never gone to the gym you can't know how to use all the machines and you can't have that muscle mass and you, you, you can't be six months from where you are. You can only be where you are learning at the start. But it's like we go in with this expectation of I should be six months ahead of myself. That's where I need to be. But the hard work and the frustrations and the disappointments that it takes to get there you know, and the discipline, you know, it's almost like that's missed. And it's like I expect the results from, from there now. You know what yeah. I mean? It, and I was just thinking it's it's often when people come in for coaching they're saying things like um I should know this or yeah, that's simple yeah. why didn't I know this and yeah. I'm like well like it's it's kind of not your work unless somebody's helped you develop it mm-hmm. I wouldn't have known it if I didn't start yeah. off by not knowing it yeah um, we think we should know you know without and, ever knowing yeah and, and as, if, as if there's something wrong if we have to go out and learn so I think yeah. around the personal development stuff it's very mm. easy to think because and we use the term soft skills all the time that somehow mm-hmm. it's going to it should be easy and it we should already have it and yeah. should and if we don't something's wrong but the yeah. truth is we only have what we were given and there's mm. areas in our life we weren't given skills in it's exactly. that simple and mm. it's up to us whether we develop those or not and you were given some skills whatever mm. they were and you haven't been given other ones yeah 
you can't have what you don't have. You can't be six yeah. months along. You have to be where yeah. you are. Exactly. Okay, so that's, that, that makes perfect sense. What I'm thinking now is around, if somebody's sitting listening to this now and they're saying, okay, that's grand, I get it. Mm. What do I do? Mm. What, where do you think someone can start if they're sitting listening and they're thinking, I don't know where to start with this? What would be your kind mm. of three pieces, pieces of advice or tips or suggestions mm. to give someone a place to start? Yeah. I suppose the word compassion is thrown around quite quite a lot and stuff like that, but I really do believe in, in having a compassionate approach to yourself with things and, and being realistic, you know, um, and sometimes we need support with that, you know, um, because we might not automatically be compassionate with ourselves. So we might need another person to mirror compassion back to us. You know, that's what I find a lot with clients is, that when I'm working with somebody you know I mentioned compassion and stuff and it's it's thrown around by people and we're meant to automatically even know what, com- what a compassionate approach is like this is another piece it's like why can't I be compassionate to myself but I really think being able to to sit with somebody and sometimes that's a therapist sometimes that's a coach you know sometimes that's a good friend you know and, and being able to talk honestly about where you're at you know and, and being able to get some good feedback around is that a realistic expectation of yourself of the situation mm. you know and being able to get maybe some guidance and support around well what can i do next so i suppose a realistic compassionate approach with support if that's if I that can it. be point. Yeah. yeah yeah i really think that's the way to go yeah and i think so realistic I think is super important because mm. often people come to me with goals and it's not that they're unrealistic for them as in that this person can never achieve it but maybe yeah. they're not what they're what they're kind of basing these ideas off aren't realistic they're yeah. versions of themselves or their rules yeah, yeah. Um, compassionate you're you're right we throw the word around but we don't necessarily practice it so I really yeah. hear I know that what it means. yeah yeah or what it looks like in our personal yeah. life like what does yeah. compassion actually look like for me mm. Um, mm. and then I love the support one I suppose I I stand over if you're trying to make any changes that you don't have the skills for you need to work with yeah. someone who can help yeah. you develop the skills mm-hmm. um whether that's that you talk to and some friends are great to talk to because they have they are insightful and some friends aren't because that's yeah. not their their yeah. their skill you know exactly. um but I do think and I suppose I wouldn't be in this work and you wouldn't be in your work if we didn't believe that professional support was key um, yeah exactly and I suppose from my point of view, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I'm sure yeah. I won't be where I'm going to be in 10 years without mm. professional support. Um, Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And I think sometimes we're very easy to, as professionals, to kind of say, so support networks are really important. But sometimes mm. we have to learn the skills to be able to engage with our networks in that way. Yeah, um, for sure, yeah. Yeah, so, so I hear yeah. the personal supports, but professional as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it's, and I suppose realising that it's okay to ask for help I think in this country in particular, we have a real issue with needing help or support or guidance. Like it's that thing of we think we should know, you know, Mm. or that it's nearly a weakness to ask for help or support, you know, when actually as humanity, we need each other, you know, Um, like mental health is dependent on connection, you know, with each other, you know. So I think, you know, that it's okay to actually seek out support, Mm. you know, whether that's professional or, you know, friendships and I think you're right about that you know to sometimes we need to make sure that that the person that we're going to is the right person for what we need at that time you know um because sometimes a friend might be in a different place or just have a different kind of value system 
you know, um, and it can nearly come out worse for us in the end. Mm. And, yeah. and I think there's something about when we're going for support from friends that we are still making sure that the relationship is reciprocal. Mm. Because sometimes what can happen is we can get into such a needy place that we are opting out of counseling. We're opting out of coaching. We're opting out of support groups and we're using friendships. We're not being mm. supported by them. Mm. We're actually using them to some degree. Mm. Um, so I, I think that to ensure that we, we are reciprocal in our friendships when we get support, we need to make sure that we're actually taking responsibility for our needs where they belong. If, yeah. if a professional intervention is needed, friends mm. can't give us that. All those friends can give us really good friendships that are yeah. nourishing and supportive and yeah. they can't do work with us that a professional can. Yeah. Even exactly. if your friend is a professional, especially if your friend is a professional, yeah. because the yeah. relationship becomes uneven. And it's not reciprocal. Yeah, and it changes, yeah, it changes the dynamic automatically, you know, um, it really does. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, okay. so Tina, thank you. It was great having you. I'm going to pop your details um, below in all of the, the, the links. I still haven't got the words right for these things. And if anybody wants to get in contact with you, are you happy to have a conversation with them before they work with you or anything like that? Just to have a yeah, chat. I am, of course. Yeah. Okay. No problem. So, Brilliant. So I'll pop in your LinkedIn details and they can follow up with you directly if anybody has Brilliant. questions. Is that okay? Brilliant. 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 Thanks yeah. a million, okay. Tina. Thanks, I appreciate Sheila. that. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Tilted Podcast and I'm your host, Sheila Walsh. If you'd like to sponsor The Tilted Coaching Podcast, simply pop over to patreon.com slash tiltedcoaching and sponsor the podcast for as little as a cup of coffee a month. If I didn't say it correctly, pop over to the link in the bio, visit the Patreon page and become a sponsor. Thanks a million.